If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Today we'll be looking at verses 14 through 17. As you're turning there, back in the time of Christ, when one was adopted according to the Roman laws for adoption, it was as if they had become a new person. So once they were adopted into a new family, all ties with the old family were just wiped away. So they had lost all standing in the old family. And in the new family, it was like they were a new person. They were just brought into that new family with all the rights that this new family could have. So all the debts that the old family had incurred, whatever those debts were, would not affect the one who was adopted. They were wiped clean. Now, why do I bring this up? Think about what happened to you when you became a Christian. You became a new, a new creature. A new person. When one believes on Jesus Christ, they are brought into the family of God. Paul says that we are adopted. Just like the Roman law of adoption. 
We are adopted into God's family whenever we receive Jesus Christ. Look at what he writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage to fear again, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The same Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If we be children, we are also heirs, even the heirs of God, and heirs annexed with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, I just thank you for this day that you have given us. I thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you've bestowed upon us. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship together. Just be in our midst today, Lord, and help us just to look to you for understanding of your word. Help us just to look to you for guidance. And Lord, I just pray that those that could not make it today, those that may be sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, we just ask your blessings upon each one. And Lord, I just pray again that you would be with us today as we worship. Just give me the words to say. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I just pray that you would speak to their heart today. Again, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for all the many blessings that you've given us. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, as we look at adoption, I want you to think about it another way. Before we received Jesus Christ, whose family did we belong to? We belonged to Adam's family. The family of Adam. Now, what do we know about Adam? and his family. Well, Adam's family is dysfunctional. Murder, war, sexual immorality, evil, sin. It all started when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. Think about what happened after they fell and were kicked out of the garden. Well, they had two sons. They had Cain and Abel. And what did Cain do to Abel? Cain murdered him. Now, after that happened, what we see in the Bible is that the population started to grow. And grow. But I want you to think about something. Evil and sin cannot increase on its own. It can't increase on its own. It needs someone as a, you know, talking about a virus, it needs someone as a host. So the more people that populated the earth, you had more people committing sinful and evil acts. Down through the centuries, more and more people committed sinful acts 
until finally God destroys the earth by flood. And then what happens? The population starts to grow. But let's go back a second. What was the first thing that happened when Noah and his family came off the ark? Sin. Noah got drunk. And then one of his children, one of his sons, mocked him, sinning. But then the population continued to grow, and then there was war and murder and sexual immorality and sin and evil. We are born into this evil family. We're born into that evil family, that Adam, that family of Adam. We're born into it. Yet, when we look at what Paul is writing here, and when we look at what he writes in the book of Ephesians as well, in chapter 1, we do not have to remain in that family. God provides a way that takes care of our sin and our ties to the family of Adam. And when he does this, he makes us holy. He makes us blameless. He offers us forgiveness and eternal life. And he brings us into his family. And the way he does this through Jesus Christ is by adoption. Look at what Paul writes in these verses. Look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. When we are led by the Spirit of God, we are the sons of God. How do we become led by the Spirit of God? Once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're infilled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells us. And as a result, what Paul is saying is once the Holy Spirit dwells within us, we become God's children. We become God's children. This is something that could not happen. If you look down what he says in verse 15, this is not something that could happen through the law. This was something that the law of Moses never talked about. But I want you to think about something when it comes to the law of Moses. Paul says the law of Moses is bondage. It was a spirit of bondage, a spirit of fear. Why? Because people couldn't keep the law. It was something that continued to tie, people were tied to it. It continued to hold people down. They couldn't keep it. Now, it does point out sin. The law is still in effect because people who do not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, when they die, they're judged by the law. Because they're still under the bondage of the law. 
whether they know the law or not, they're still under bondage to it. But it was impossible to keep. And it gave a series of offerings and a series of, of little laws that you had to keep in order to remain holy and blameless in the eyes of God, but that was impossible because of sin. So we were tied to it. Now I want you to think about something. We were tied to the law even when we didn't know about it. Who is Paul writing this to? He's writing this to the Romans. He's writing this to Gentiles. And he's telling them that they were under that same spirit of bondage. Well, they had never even heard about the law. They had never read the law. Yet it still condemned them. Just as it condemned us before we knew Jesus Christ. We were under its condemnation. But God takes that away, that bondage. Through Jesus Christ, we are not under the bondage of the law. We're freed from that, that spirit of bondage. We're freed from it through Jesus Christ. And instead, we have the spirit of adoption. And through the spirit of adoption, look at what Paul says. We can call God our Father. We can call God our Father. Now how do we know this? How do we know when we have been freed from the spirit of bondage how do we know when we have been freed from the law and we become a child of God? Paul tells us this as well. He says the same spirit in verse 16 beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Once we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we know. If you've never been indwelt by the Holy Spirit, you know that you're not a child of God. Now you might be thinking, well, Brother Jeff, there's people, we know that there's people in the church that think they're a Christian and they're really not. They know. Deep down, they know. Why? Because every time they hear the gospel, they're going to be convicted of sin. They know. Because the Holy Spirit will speak to them. They know. And they also know that they do not have the Spirit within them that lets them know they are a child of God. Which is what Paul tells us. Through the indwelling Spirit, we can see that we are children of God. We know when we belong to the Father because the Holy Spirit will let us know that.
But what is significant about this? What is so significant about when we are led by the Spirit, we become a child of God? What is so significant about being removed from the bondage of the law and and becoming a child of God? What is so significant about being able to call God our Father? Because it does mean something. Look at verse 17. If we be children, we are also heirs. Even the heirs of God and heirs annexed with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. What is so significant about this is it lets us know that we are adopted into God's family. Don't look at being a part of the body of Christ and being a member of the church. Whenever we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, yes, we become part of his body. But Paul is talking about something completely different here. He says we become part of God's family. Where we can look at God the Father as our own Father. We become part of his family through adoption. And as a result of that, we become heirs of God. Adoption makes us children of God. We become heirs. And that's significant. And we're going to look at the significance of that in just one one moment. But through Christ, when we think about adoption, through Christ and our adoption into the family of God, we have a position of full privilege. This is why Paul used the word adoption. He was going back to what the Romans knew about the Roman law of adoption. He says the same thing happens to us when we receive Christ. We become a full heir of the promises of God. We have this position of full privilege and all the promises that God has given us through Jesus Christ. We have this. We become his child. And we have all the rights of a child in this new family. But what happens? Just as the Romans would wipe away all the debts of the old family from the new from the child who had been adopted, all of our debts are wiped clean. And what are our debts? Our sins. All of our sins are gone. All of the obligations of the old family are gone. All the ties of that old family are gone because that person has died. And we become a new creature in Christ. Adam's family and the hold that it has over us is completely abolished through our adoption into God's family. And this is what God the Father does for us through Jesus Christ. 
were removed from the old family and were placed into the new family. And the old is wiped. And all those debts and sins from the old family are wiped clean through Jesus Christ. But once we are but once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, not only are we brought into the body of Christ, we become an heir. An heir to the promise, an heir to forgiveness, an heir to eternal life, an heir to what Peter calls our inheritance. And we'll look at the inheritance here shortly but we become an heir to the kingdom of God. Now this can only happen through Jesus Christ. So I want you to think about something. Compare the families. Compare the old family of Adam, sinful, lost, and destructive, and compare the new family of God, full of grace, full of holiness, full of love, full of peace, full of forgiveness, full of joy. Which is the better family? Which one do you want to belong? Adoption brings us into a new family. Adoption brings us into the family of God, but we must believe on Jesus Christ in order to have Adoption into this family. And we see this in Ephesians 1 through 5, or 1.5, where Paul talks about how adoption comes through Christ and Christ alone. But to be adopted, we must believe. Believe on Jesus Christ and be saved. Not only will you be adopted into the family of God, but you will become an heir to the promises. And we'll have forgiveness and eternal life. But we'll also have inheritance. Look at 1 Peter real quick. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us, again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance immortal and undefiled, and that withereth not, reserved in heaven for us. Receiving Christ as our Lord and Savior makes us a child of God adopted into his family, an heir and the recipient of the inheritance, which is reserved in heaven for all God's children. Now, what is the inheritance? What is Peter talking about here? Look at what he says. He says, the inheritance which is immortal and undefiled and that withereth not. Immortal, undefiled, and withereth not. That's all we know about the inheritance. 
I believe that it is the glory of heaven, life in heaven. We get to be with God. We get to be with Jesus Christ. We get to see all the things of heaven and these things are going to last forever and they're not going to wither away. Because God's promises are eternal. But we really don't know what that inheritance is. We just know that it is immortal, undefiled, and it withereth not. But it is reserved in heaven for God's children. And it's something that comes through Jesus Christ and our adoption into God's family. Only possible through Christ and God and His mercy. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can learn from your word. And I just pray, Lord, that you would be with us during this time of invitation. If there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.